This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey, are you ready to hang with your digital besties? What Day Is It is a podcast covering every girl problem, life struggle, and biz reality out there. So pour yourself a glass of wine and get ready to laugh, relate, and celebrate not having it all together. It becomes important to be more than a clothing brand. You know, it that's the key right there is like, if you don't care about people, then why do you expect them to care about you? You know, and, and I think like for Smash and Chess, we've always been community minded. I, I never, I mean, I was a teacher for 10 years. I was dedicated to like helping humans. That's what I wanted to do. So when I, when I started a clothing brand, the last thing I wanted to do was just be like, you know, whatever, screw my community. It was like, okay, now how do I use this and still help, but in a totally different way. And I think that's the stuff that sticks with, with customers. So strange, but anyways, <laughs> that was a clip from our episode with Ashley Freeborn, the founder of Smash and Tess. Jackie and I introed this in last week's episode and had to cut it out because we are just you know, dysfunctional. Um, but for those tuning in for the first time, I am one half of this podcast and I am Bailey Stanworth and I've got Banks, my other like backup. I hope you can hear that. Just laying on my lap. And I'm Jackie Wright, other half of this dysfunctional podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'm the one who loves baths. If you're like a huge Smash Test fan and you are here to hear Ashley's story, just bear with us for a couple minutes because we like to just share a bit of our life every week. Not sure if everyone likes it. I mean, some people do. You might hate it, but like, just stay tuned. I posted on Instagram this morning. Go back and look at our Monday, um, our Monday morning post, guys. But I did this uh, Shit's Creek meme, and it just like when I saw it, it spoke to me about our intros. And it's just David from Shit's Creek, and it's like I've never heard someone say so many incorrect things consecutively in a row, like ever in my life, or something. And I was like, that's us in our intros. <laughs> that's like us, but more so me, right? Like I just always mess up my words or sentences or say the wrong things. I've actually been better with it. Like I try not to point it out as much. I just kind of roll with it now. And then when I'm listening back to the episode, I cringe deeply when I say the wrong word. My favorite is the memory you sent me today. Um, Jackie sent this video of us at a Christmas fair last this time last year. And she's talking about being buzzed off of one glass of mulled wine and she goes that's what you get when you take a drink off weeking i'll post it for you guys to see it's really funny and then bailey well as soon as i realized what i said my face reaction was funny and then bailey like laughs so loud and it's just like so contagious if it doesn't make you laugh you have no heart (laughs) it was just i was laughing just memorying that day and i forgot that's what was coming and then i like howled i know but I miss those yeah, Anyways, Christmas is going to be diff this year, but I hope you guys are all staying safe right I now. I mean, we can get buzzed off mulled wine on Zoom. Yeah, we might have to, honestly. Christmas is looking a little different this year, but that's okay. We Kay. did talk about doing an ugly sweater party with our friendships. Which, yeah, you guys, if you want to, if you want to do like a little gathering 
let us know. And like, don't let us know and then not show up because that's the worst. <laughs> okay. Like if you actually are interested, make us know that because a lot of times don't you guys ghost are like, us. do this. And then you're like, you don't show up for us. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jackie has a list of grievances apparently. I'm starting early. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, do you want to kick off our Cupid Psycho? I mean, I might as well. I know you're cute already. So, okay, mine are kind of lame. Like, you guys, now that we're back in kind of like, I don't know where you guys are all from, but if you're from the area and you're local, we're kind of back in like a lockdown. So I have a lot less interesting stuff going on in my life right now. So bear with my Cupid Psychos for the next couple of weeks. But... My cue is that I am being a responsible adulting human right now. And I've decided to, which I've already started, get all my health shit in order. So last week I went on like a rampage and I booked all these doctor's appointments. (laughs) This is so lame. I booked all these doctor's appointments. I went and got a checkup. Um, I went to the dentist. Um, I scheduled an appointment to get a I'm night I'm just going to like in editing, I'm just going to speed this part up. Like hey. just a- <laughs> <laughs> I booked two RMT appointments in December. I went to see my sister's boyfriend for RMT this past weekend. I'm going to Cairo next week. I'm looking for an acupuncture person. I'm really trying to get my health in order. <laughs> is that because the calendar year is coming up to an end? You caught me. <laughs> my benefits reset on january 1st 2021 and i want to (laughs) maximize those benefits so i'm going to spa utopia to get some rmt next month and i'm pumped like hey i would do it too if i had benefits so god please like i'm not even gonna put it in the universe just pray to god that spa utopia stays open because i will be devastated devastated but honestly i have had back problems since i was probably 14 so I am trying to actually get it figured out now because I kept thinking, oh, if I strengthen my core or if I work out more, my back will get better. And here we are. And it's not. So I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm pretty honestly proud of myself. It's taken me 10 years because I'm 24 now, but that's not the point. So this is my cue this week. I just want to ask, do you ever shower with a plastic bag on your head? Just me? You know I don't because my reaction when I saw your Snapchat was, what the fuck are you doing? No wonder you take baths. So I can't, like, for some reason, every time I shower, and so keep in mind, I take two baths a day. You guys all know this. If you don't and you're, like, an Ashley fan and tuning in here, take two baths a day, one in the morning, one at night. Then I work out midday, so I always have to take a shower. But when I shower, my hair gets wet and it drives me absolutely insane because as soon as my hair gets a little bit wet on the front, it turns greasy and it just like cuts my hair life in half. So last week, I think I had something to do in the evening and I put like a Safeway type, like shoppers type, like superstar plastic grocery bag on my head and I showered with it. But, like, why not at that point, if you know it's something that you're not capable of doing, get a shower cap? You know, this is a good point. And I do not have a, a, a good answer for you besides the fact that I don't know. I don't use it all the time. So it's just it's just kind of like a convenience thing. I did buy, I'm sure you saw my winner's haul. I did buy a little teddy bear, like, headband for when I'm washing my face at night to remove makeup to avoid my baby hairs getting wet and I'm really excited about it and so I'll give you guys a review soon maybe I'll link one for you guys I have had bands like that too 
Do you use it? Yeah. Okay. See, I do, I've, I've never used one before, so my hair always gets wet. Anyways, this is, I'm rambling, so let's just jump to your Cupid Psycho. Wow. Okay. You guys, I'm about to save you from that. Hey. Um, <laughs> okay. So my cute is that I am a brunette. Came over to the dark side. This is a brunette host podcast only now. Shout out Sarah Landry. <laughs> Don't come for me because brunettes do do it better. Do do it. Did I say that? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Bailey looks so freaking good, you guys. She came over to the dark side, which she didn't consult with me. And I hate you. She just did it. I kind of just like to have that shock factor, you know. But I had been like toying with it. And I honestly didn't think I was going to do it. Like I kept being scared and nervous. But then I was just like, you know what? I'm. It's, gonna, it's time. I'm going to do it. And my hair, I have to give like a huge shout out to Chris, who's my hairstylist. He's Chris Weber hair on Instagram, but he is the only person that I like trust and felt like I was in good hands with. And I just showed him a bunch of inspo pictures and I was just so worried going from like blonde because there's so much dimension and highlight in it that I would just have this like flat hair that would like wash me out. But I love it. I was fully prepared. I was sitting in the chair. I'm like, okay, let me spin you around. Look happy. And then you can cry in your car and take like the couple days you need to get used to it. But like, I loved it from the second I saw it. So I am a brunette. Yeah, I know. It looks so good. I'm actually surprised. So I said to Bailey before we started recording that it's not like I'm like staring at her right now, but it's not like a huge change. It just, it looks so natural. I don't know. And I've never seen Bailey brunette. How long have you been blonde? I was trying to think of this yesterday, um, but I think at least five years. Like, I've had some form of blonde in my hair. Like, not as blonde as I was, per se, but I had, like, started the process of going blonde. And then I told him, too, I was like, I don't want it to be a color that doesn't suit my face. I was like, I don't want to show you inspo pictures that look good on some, like, great Brazilian girl. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a Brazilian girl. I've got a lot of Irish in me. So I was just like... I had quite a bit of dark under my hair so when I pulled my hair back I was like I want it to look like this because it's natural and then he just did his magic so I think that's why it looks more like less shocking because it just is like more natural to my skin tone and stuff but I'm happy with that looks fire thank you um okay and then my psycho so I was going to take some photos for the gram as one does. Um, and I was taking it kind of just behind this building with this like dark wall. If you guys saw, there's a photo I'm wearing like a beige toque or beanie and like this like beige jacket. This is the outfit. This is so funny. Cause like I looked at those photos before I even say anything. Cause me and Bailey have not spoken about this. I just want to throw my thoughts in. Okay. I looked at these photos and I felt like, like, a l- you looked a little awkward like if I'm being honest <laughs> I did and I never feel that way about you like you're so natural behind the camera but I felt like you felt like someone was watching you take those photos that's all I'm gonna no, say it had nothing to do with that but okay. thank you <laughs> <laughs> this is true friendship okay continue on thanks so much like okay to um, a point where I even zoomed in on your hand to see if you were using the bluetooth clicker what clicker? I was yeah I could tell the way your hand was positioned was just like 
so perfect. I could, it wasn't in that hand. That's so awkward. Okay. <laughs> go back and look at it and you can see it. It's in the coffee cup hand. Okay. Oh, look. Go look. Okay. Anyways, continue on before I keep roasting Thanks you. Thanks for that roast. You're welcome. Um, so Banks was not having it. She didn't want to be left home alone. So I brought her with me that day. Jackie's going to look up the photo. I see it. <laughs> and um, so I brought her in the car with me. And I like pulled over and kind of like got my stuff out and I go to open the door, zooms right across me out into this parking lot. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm wearing a t-shirt dress, you guys. And I was like, I don't need to put biker shorts on. I'm just going to take photos. I ran after her. I like almost went down onto my knees to grab her because I was just afraid she was going to run into an oncoming car. And I mooned about four cars driving by. So... To those cars, you are welcome. <laughs> Dying because that's funny, first of all. Dying again because I thought the story was going a completely different way. <laughs> You're like, let me just interject here. I knew you were awkward. <laughs> were you posing in front of people? No. Well, sorry. I apologize for me. I felt fine in the moment. Thanks. I liked those photos. I don't care what you say. I am beautiful. This is terrible. No matter what you say, words won't bring me down. No. You're going to hate listening back to your voice. (laughs) I really am. (laughs) Oh, man. That's just um, an accurate representation of our friendship, though. I just didn't mean to call you out on our platform. It's fine. (laughs) Great. Now I'm just going to look at any photo I take now. Is Jackie going to think this looks awkward? I just, I think I'm like, now. Don't, don't, don't speak. I should just, yeah, don't, nothing else should come out of my mouth because I tend to do this thing where I shove my foot in my mouth all the time. <laughs> and these are one of these instances. So, whew. anyways, uh, humbling experience for me. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's my psycho. Thank you for that. And sorry again. <laughs> okay. Do you want to tell me what you really think about my hair now? No, I think your hair looks amazing. <laughs> amazing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. What's um, our shower thought? Yeah. It's the thoughts. It's the thoughts. It's the thoughts we have in we the have shower. We have in the shower. Shower, shower thoughts. thoughts. Jackie also has a plastic bag on her head when she has them. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> I'm, I'm like in a weird mood a little bit today. I don't know what's going on with me. I think I'm going a little bit crazy. I don't know. But I went back and did like a deep creep on her Instagram for no reason. Like on what day is it? And I went and looked at all our shower thought insights. And like you guys love these. It's so funny. I think one had like 200 plus saves. And I'm like, what are you guys saving these for? Just to ponder in your brain later. Like, but I love it. So ready for this? I hope so. Okay. Well, first off, let's just talk about how the fact that your thumb isn't your finger why is your thumb called thumb when it's a finger okay that's part one but so if your thumb isn't a finger then you technically don't have a middle finger you also technically only have four fingers exactly so you don't have a middle one (laughs) jackie's doing the star trek sign thing why why do they call it a thumb why Why isn't it another finger? Because it's, look at where your four fingers are. So you don't actually have a middle finger, guys. 
Because if you had a middle finger, you would have to have five fingers, but you have four fingers and a thumb. I don't know. You're mind blown, aren't you? Because let's just dissect the fact that we have five toes and your big one isn't called something different. So you have a middle bit, you have a middle toe. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It just gets stupider and stupider each week, but. It makes sense. This is one of the ones you can't really debunk. Four fingers and a thumb. I'm getting really passionate here. You don't have a middle finger. You have no middle finger. So what do you say when you're giving someone? Yeah. You, you're giving them your, your second from the left finger? So when, yeah, when you're flipping someone off from now on, it's giving them the second from the thumb finger. Second from the left <laughs> finger, second finger. Well, it depends what way you're looking at your hand, but yeah, second from second from the left finger. And that's all I have to say today. Wow. Well, I'm going to give you a second from the left finger for calling me awkward. And I will accept. And we just lost all our listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, friends, before we get into this episode, a couple of things. Um, just a friendly reminder, if you guys are going to order some merch for holiday gifts, make sure that you do that now because we do print to order. And so it can take a couple of weeks to get it. I do recommend the express option. It just kind of will guarantee better delivery. You should still have enough time and our merch makes for great gifts. So go check it out. What day is it podcast.com. And then make sure you listen to the very end of this episode because there is a giveaway where you can win some of our merch and a smash and test romper, but you got to listen to the whole episode. So make sure to stay tuned in. But yes, without further ado, friendships, here is Ashley Freeborn, which I met Ashley, I think last spring. She is the sweetest human ever. She has such a good energy. She's so smart. Um, I'm excited for you guys to hear her story. I feel inspired by her after chatting with her. She's so intentional. She's so good with community. So I'm just excited to dive into that with you so you guys can hear it all and enjoy the episode. Okay, friends, we have our guest here today and you guys were actually so excited. You had so many questions for Miss Ashley Freeborn, who is the founder of The Romper that started it all, Smash and Tess. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I love, love you guys. I love this podcast. So thanks for having me. We love you and we love our rompers. We've got quite the collection over here. Um, so we're just going to kind of dive right into everything because we've got lots of questions for you and we're kind of going to go all over the place. So just know we go on tangents. I love it. I love a good tangent. So for those who may not know you, um, I'm sure they already know Smash and Test, but like maybe don't know you from behind the scenes. Can you give us a quick little intro to yourself, where you grew up, what you do, all things Ashley? Sure. Uh, I grew up in... Tawasson, BC, um, until I was about 12. And then I moved to the big city, um, moved to Vancouver when I was about 12 and went to high school in Vancouver. Um, East fan, you know, back before it was cool. That's where I lived. Um, and, um, I was, uh, you know, not really into school, but eventually figured it out and became an English teacher, high school teacher, um, and I was also theater teacher and I worked with at risk youth for about 10 years believe it or not. Um, and along the lines, got a master's in education and taught other teachers as well uh, at the university level. 
Um, and then believe it or not, I got a, a crazy job offer in Los Angeles, um, to, it's a long and convoluted story, but multiple, I got hired to basically sell millions of dollars of portfolio loans to other financial institutions. No idea what I was doing, but of course I accepted the offer. I took the leap. Um, and it took about two years. We immigrated, uh, to Los Angeles. Um, and I left my teaching career and all the while, and all of this, I started smash and test when I was teaching in the summer, I, I attended, uh, the Condé Nast College in London of the UK. Um, and Smash and Test was really born um, there out of my studies, intense studies for a couple of months. Uh, and uh, my mom and I founded it, brought Mercedes along early on. Um, and of course, once I decided I was moving to Los Angeles, I was like, who do I bring in who's going to help me run this thing? And of course, that was Mercedes. So the three of us um, own Smash and Test. Mercedes and I operate it. Um, and I only believe it or not made it down here 10 days before my first little girl was born. So she, I always call her my anchor baby. Cause, uh, you can't get cassette now. And well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you could, I don't know, but, um, she was, she's American. So she was born down here. And then I think I only worked, um, in the corporate field for about six months or so until I knew it was time to take the full leap into smash and test. So, um, it was a, it was a move that was terrifying, but I, I never look back. And we're going to dive into that in a little bit, but we still want to just hear a little bit about your day-to-day life. So what does a daily look, what does your day in your life look like for Ashley? It is not glamorous, but then again, I feel like people don't think my life would be glamorous because I like wear rompers all of the time and you're right. It's not glamorous. Um, so prior, prior to COVID, my life was like on an airplane. Um, I, I was like altitude status, like Air Canada. Like I was on a plane every week. Like I didn't know which way I was coming or going. I strategically lived 15 minutes away from LAX because I was flying so much with us being headquartered in Vancouver and all of the speaking and all of that stuff I was doing. Um, so, but now, so that looked very different. Um, now my life is kind of like roll out of bed. You know, um, we had Stella, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, but my second little girl right in the middle of the pandemic, it's good timing, Ash. Um, <laughs> and so we've been, um, you know, uh, adjusting to life with two, adjusting to life with my husband working from home, um, with all of a sudden my home becoming like a smash and test headquarters in the U.S., um, and there's people coming and going and babies and screaming and all of it. Um, so usually my day looks like five cups of coffee in the morning. Um, and it usually looks like I always pop in my shower, no matter what. First thing in the morning, I learned this, um, cause I've been working remote for a long time. So I know the importance of the refresh in the morning and getting going with your day. And, um, and then I literally barely leave, um, my desk for essentially until five thirty, um, jumping from call to call to video conference to video conference. Um, and then in between snuggles with my babies. Um, sometimes I can pick them up from, from pod school or I, you know, I try to work that into my daily, a little snuggle here and there. Um, and it's nice. It really is. That's silver lining to COVID is that we've all sort of hungered down and been able to spend more time together. So, uh, I'm enjoying that. Wait, I want to know if you're drinking five cups of coffee a day, what is like your coffee? Like, how do you take your coffee? Okay. So what's funny is I used to be like a latte girl. I was like, I have my friggin' espresso machine. It was a whole thing. And my husband would always be like, do you want coffee? And when I'd say yes, he'd be like, 
because oh, he knew like it was like a whole thing you know it was like and so extra hot and I want a little foam and anyway but since like having um my second I've switched straight up to the Keurig I'm like whatever pop a pop some coffee in there I will drink it I don't even care I like a little bit of like non-fat milk and I like a little bit of um Splenda but not the one the one that's with the Stevia Splenda um, and, and, and then I'm good, but you know what, if you left that out, I'd drink it anyway. Cause at this point it's like, if I can just get hot coffee, I'm happy. Uh, it's essential. It's, yeah. it's like an IV drip. You need <laughs> yeah. it. I really I'm do. curious. When's the last time you've been on a flight? Cause you said you've been in LA for seven months. So has it been seven months? How does that feel? Are you sad? Are you excited? I feel sad. I can't travel, but I'm sure for you, it might be different. You know, um, LA, it's been a hotbed of a lot. And I've been here um, since March. And I, I mean, I, I love my life in Los Angeles. Um, but we've also seen a lot of racial injustice and protests, uh, fireworks going every night for July. I, we, none of us quite can figure out what they were, but I think they're related to the protests. Um, and then, of course, being in a hotbed of COVID, um, you know, I definitely have wanted to run away um, from that alone. I think we're all living on top of each other in Los Angeles, and it's it's um, frightening. And on top of which, um, I had my little girl in the middle of it, and she was hospitalized for a month. So I had to go into, like, Cedar sinai like, in Beverly Hills, like, right in the heart of, like, where there was so much COVID and sickness. And um, so I've, I feel like I've never more wanted to get on a plane and go back to Canada I miss my family. I haven't seen, I'm used to going and seeing my dad like every other week, my grandparents. Um, I'm used to seeing my brother, like my whole family and not to mention Mercedes is like my sister and everyone at Smash and Test. I'm used to seeing them all the time. So it's jarring. Um, and you know, when you travel a lot, I know you, you guys travel a lot too. You kind of get into a rhythm of like, you're, you're kind of, I don't know. You're just in that travel rhythm. Like, you don't expect to be anywhere too long and you're kind of, it's go, go, go. And then now all of a sudden it was like, it was like a record scratch and it just all stopped. And it took me a while. It took me a while to be like, okay, so this is the new rhythm of my life. This is how this is going to go. And I think now I I have to be honest. I'm like, God, when this is all said and done, I'm going to get it back on that into that schedule again. And maybe I won't. I mean, who knows how things are going to look after all of this, but I miss it. I, re- I really do miss it. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I'm grateful for it because I would have had to say no to things. I was pregnant. I would have had, you know, and in a sense, I'm like, wow, kind of worked for me. Although it's weird because nobody's met my baby. Like that's weird. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That none of my family, weird. none of my dad, not my best friends. Yeah. Nobody has met Stella other than who's down here. So it's weird. Also, I just love that name so much. It's like my favorite girl name. Oh, I'm glad. And Frankie, like I just love that too. They're both so cute. (laughs) Classic names. So do you have any daily rituals or habits that you try to maintain even on your crazy days? I always have to shower. I know people like when you work remote, it's like so easy to just like get up, go to your computer and start working. But having a shower, putting on my makeup, doing my hair, I think we all learned that in the first couple of months of COVID that like, it's kind of important to have those like daily things that you do because they just kind of make you feel like you're starting your day. Um, so regardless of how busy I am, if I got two screaming babies, it's like, I'm getting in there. I need five minutes just to have a shower and turn it around. Um, so that's part of my day. I never, um, give up. And also just, um, 
seeing my kids. Like I think I make it point, even if I've got five minutes, I make a point of going downstairs and just giving them a quick cuddle or hello or whatever. Um, and I always take them to the big stuff. Like if it's dentist and doctor and it's easy to be like, Oh, I've got so many calls and the nanny can take, but it's like, the reality is, is like, those are the big things that they need mom for. And so it's finding time to balance that. Um, and never, I just never, um, I never give that part up and always the, um, the nighttime snuggles. Like I don't care what I'm doing. It's always like a good half an hour of watching our old cartoons and, you know, snuggling. And so those are the things that keep me sane and balanced and grounded and all that. I just started putting eucalyptus in my shower. And if you haven't tried it, you have to, it's like so refreshing. It's amazing. You know what? What's that brand? Um, there's a brand that makes a shower gel that's eucalyptus. It's life changing. Like I'm not going to lie. Something about the eucalyptus. Yeah. I like just, I bought them from like the plant locally and I just hang it with like a little elastic from my shower head and it's. It's like you're in the spa. spa. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So we're going to really like unpack smash and test now because everybody wants the history. So kind of just like spill, like how did smash and test come to life? How did you come up with the idea for a romper and how did it really like evolve into this romper empire? (laughs) Um. Well, Smash and Tess actually didn't start out to be uh, in rompers. Um, my mom is the Tess. I am the Smash. Uh, that's where the name comes from. Most people don't know that. Um, and um, it started because we had this lifelong love, and Mercedes included, of matching PJs um, at Christmas time. And we felt like that we wanted to create PJs. That was what we set out to do, that were kind of vintage-inspired and pretty and all of those things. Um, cause we felt that there was a hole in the lounge room market and that's where we wanted to go. Um, our first spring collection, we launched in April and, um, it was all florals. If you go way back, it's the Instagram challenge, like way back in smash and test four years ago, you'll see that it was really different, um, than what we're doing now. Um, and then, um, for our first fall collection, we designed the Sunday romper and we loved how, I mean, what girl doesn't love a onesie? I just feel like women love onesies. And, and it felt like really chic and effortless and cool. And it's funny because if you're in fashion, you know, it takes like five to 10 times, I swear, to get a sample that you love. And for some reason, the Sunday romper, it was like a, like a oh, moment where it like, it like literally came out. We tried it on and we were like, this is perfect. No changes. Like that never happens. Um, and then from there, it literally was like, that's what took, um, life on. And that's what smashed and test people just started to love the romper. And then of course it got picked up by some influencers and it just, it became, um, the most popular item. And I think we had a, we had like an opportunity there that I think, um, you could either stick with what you thought you were going to do and just, you know, kind of grind it out or, you can pivot like hard and fast and listen to what your community wants. And I think at the end of the day, the ethos of smash and test is really about like serving the community. And I think it would be, it would have been so wrong to kind of continue down our journey, which of things that maybe we thought we wanted to create instead of listening to the community and giving them what they wanted. And so we pivoted hard and real fast. And from there, 
um, just continued to create clothing that we felt celebrated all body shapes um, and sizes. And that was always really important to us is to create something that looked amazing on all women. And most importantly, made women's lives really easy. Um, Because I know firsthand, like what women are doing nowadays is insane. Like the amount of stuff that we do is crazy. And so thinking about what you're going to wear is like, oh, who has time to do that? So really we exist to simplify the lives of women everywhere. It's our mission. Um, yeah. You guys are so good at engaging with your audience and listening to them. And I feel like that's such a key for brand growth. And I think it's something a lot of people overlook because like you said, it's easy to get caught up in what you want to do because it's exciting. Like that creative aspect is exciting. But I think when you can tune in and listen to what your community is telling you versus like trying to seek something new, it's so powerful. Totally. And I think you still get to do all of that fun, creative stuff. It's just, it's just taking the brand in the direction that, that it's meant to be. It's like listening to those instincts and listening to your community. And then uh, we get to still create the most fun rompers and the colors and like bring that all to life. But, um, but you know, I think that that really was a pivotal moment for the brand. Before I dive into the next question, because you kind of touched on how influencers picked it up in the first little bit there. What was the first influencer you saw pick it up and you were like, holy shit? Oh, Jill, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it, you know, it's funny. I was at my um, in-laws house and um, we were lucky if we were like wrapping four packages a day, you know. Um, and uh, I'm there at my in-laws house and, and I'm like, look, my husband and I'm like, my phone's like, ding ding, ding. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm looking like on Instagram and I'm looking and I don't see anything. and I don't understand what's going on. And then, um, my friend at the time's like, did you see the Snapchat? And I'm like, I don't get Snapchat. I still don't understand Snapchat. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) what is the Snapchat? Um, but it was, um, Jill, and I'll never forget because she was wearing the Navy first ever Sunday romper and she was wearing cute little slippers and she wrote, um, coziest damn house outfit ever. And it was like that moment. And I always tell her this because it was that moment that it was like, all of a sudden we began our long, long journey of being out of stock. Um, and so it was, it was from that moment on. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I think, um, like I, I do give Jill a lot of credit in terms of helping us really establish us, but she does that for so many other small brands. Um, she really is, um, such a warrior in that arena, like making sure people know about these small, cool Canadian brands. But I think Jilly for sure was the first person I think, um, who really got behind smash and test, even though we were really, you know, we weren't really anybody at the time. Um, she just believed in it and talked about it and, it was organic from the beginning. How long were you into the business? Sorry, I'm going off of our, our outline here, but how long were you in Smash and Test before Jillian shared it? We it was our first fall collection. Oh my gosh, it was so exciting. Yeah, it was really quick. It was like we it was summer, spring summer we dropped, and then that was our that was our launch collection, and then it was our first fall that we brought the Sunday romper in, and then um, and then it took off. And what's funny is that if I had any idea that we were going to go so hard into onesies, I probably wouldn't have called it a romper because 
historically that's not what it is. Like a romper is generally like a small, little, cute romper. Like, and we thought it was just a fun play on words. Like it's a romp, it's fun, it's like playful, it's big, it's loose, it's all of those things. And that's why we named it that. But for SEO purposes, if there's any marketers in the audience, not <laughs> ideal. Um, and so, you know, we probably wouldn't have called it that. But it's funny because in that, and you talk about like, you know, you were saying like, you know, pioneers of the romper. It wasn't that we in great created onesies, you know, like they existed. I think it was just that the romper in the sense of the term that we're using it right now for this particular item of clothing was something we did pioneer. Um, and, it, and it was almost by accident, um, the name and all of it. And sometimes I, like I said, I kick myself, but um, the romper, it, from there, it just took on its own life and we went with it. Hey, it worked. I've loved watching your growth over the years too. Cause I remember the first time I met you, it was in your, I don't think you're still in that office, that Vancouver office. Um, and you, I can edit this out if you don't want it aired, but like, I remember you saying you guys were like producing 80 units or at a time for SKUs and like to see it where you've come now is incredible. And it just makes me so proud to like see such a, a female entrepreneur and like local have so much success and work so hard for that. So like, it's been amazing to watch. That's such a huge part of our story. So don't edit it out because I think like, (laughs) you know, um, creating that many units, that's where we all start. So it's all starts there. And, and it's something we're really proud of because, um, the growth has been crazy. And now, you know, literally, I mean, I can't like, I can't even believe the units like that we're doing now. It's cr- and it's a struggle because we're keeping it in Vancouver and it's been such a huge challenge to do that because we're just Vancouver really isn't equipped for the amount of units. So kudos to Mercedes and our production team because they're literally knocking on every door being like, "Can you make rompers? Can you make rompers? How about you?" And like get we're literally employing every single production house in Vancouver right now with rompers. It's crazy. When you had that first like explosion with Jill and then you had to say you were still producing 80 then 80 units and you like had to increase it because there's this demand that must have been so scary to, because you don't know if that effect's going to come back around. Like, how was that for you guys? And how did you feel kind of taking that leap into producing more? And like, what would you say to other entrepreneurs who are maybe stuck in that space? I think that continue, it's a really relevant question because we're constantly on, you might see on Instagram, we're like, people get really frustrated because we might not have a lot of product. And I think, it's an important part of the story because at the end of the day, um, you know, it's still our money that we're reinvesting into the company and it's scary. Like you're, you're right. It is. And you don't know, you don't, people are, people always say like, well, you knew when you know, that's going to sell out. You don't, you have no idea. Um, for example, we launched blue and red plaid today. The red sold out in a second. I wouldn't have thought, I honestly wouldn't have thought that I would have thought blue would have sold. You just don't know. So I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. All I can do is listen. And I'm always listening to our, our customers being like, what do they like? What don't they like? And trying to figure out how many units they want. But that's the, that's the risk with fashion. I mean, with most business, it's like, how hard do you go? How quickly do you go? And there's really no science to it. It's literally just like, but I think what we decided early on was like, we didn't want to create thousands and thousands of units that were going to end up in a landfill. And that. So it might be more frustrating for customers and it might be we're leaving money on the table in a lot of ways because we're not creating all the time the demand that we or the supply for the demand, even though we want to and we try to and we try to hit it right every time. 
you don't always get it right. But at least we can say that all our clothes is not getting, you know, put on sale and hawked at like really low prices and then ending up in it. Like we're trying to slow that whole thing down and being like, if you really want this item, if you can wait, you know, a few weeks, we'll make it for you. Um, and that's kind of how we go about it. And I know I see a lot of people doing the pre-order model now. Um, and back in the day when we started, it wasn't super popular, but now I'm like, it's great to see because it just means everyone is taking a breath, slowing it down. Mm -hmm. Um, and remembering at the end of the day, you know, it is clothes and I mean, don't get me wrong. It makes you feel like a million bucks. And it's, I love that we get to create something that, that people love and they feel good in. Like, it's so important to me. Um, but it's also important that we're not just pumping out, you know, a bunch of stuff that's, that's not going to be loved and worn and all of those things. For sure. Oh my gosh, you guys were only on the second question. It's been like 30 minutes. <laughs> We've gone on a tangent. I have so many more, but I'm going to get to the next question <laughs> so we can get the ball. You can edit it all out, whatever. <laughs> no, um, so much value here. Yeah. Um, we were just going to ask you, like, how did you guys start working with those huge celebrities? Because you've been spotted with Hillary Duff, Kate Hudson, Real Housewives, so many other major names. So like walk us through that. What's the process been like? Well, you know, I think it's serendipitous that I'm here. I think it's confusing for people because they're like, why are you there? I get it. It is very confusing. Um, but my husband works here now and my mom's here. And I mean, we got a green card and so it makes sense for me to be here. And I also think, I don't know if you, about you guys, but I always have these moments in life where something like kind of weird happens or usually hard um, and then I look back and I go, oh, that's why that happened. Um, there's always some kind of a, for me anyway, that's how I notice it in my life. It's like, even if I can't accept it and it still kind of sucks, I, I kind of get it. I'm like, I feel like that happened because of this, because of that. And for me, I think I was supposed to be here. I think I was supposed to be in LA um, because especially friggin' with COVID, because I mean, who was going to go meet Hill? and talk to her about a collab. No one was going to come be able to fly down Just a here. casual caller Hill. No big deal. Like, oh, my butt Hill. Just going to go see Hill. <laughs> sorry, I had to. It's just whatever, what everyone calls her. I'm sorry. Um, Not us. To us, she's Hillary Duff. Full she's name. Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. Um, who would have think? thank God I was here, you know? Um, because I, someone had to be here to go and, and do all of that. And, um, and so I think that's been really pivotal as well as being here, making connections. I literally say yes to everything. Like, it's like, do you want to join Fashion Mamas Network? Yeah, I do. Do you want to go to this thing? Yes, I do. Even though I'm freaking tired and all I really want to do is put on my romper and go to bed. Um, I really tried to push myself hard to get out there, to meet people, to make connections. And along the way, I've met really great friends that are also colleagues who believe in Smash and Tess and who believe in me um, and who have really introduced me to key people that have helped get my product into people's hands. Um, and so that has really in turn led to getting the item into the celebrity's hands. But I will say like, and I, I, I always firmly believe this, they say like a brand is all about marketing, but I really don't think that's the case because at the end of the day, they have to love the product. If they don't love the product, they're not going to talk about it. They're not going to wear it. You know, you're never going to catch them wearing it. Um, and so I think it's been sort of like that marriage of, you know, all of those, the time and energy we put into forging those relationships and connections and friendships, and then um, following it up with quality made product made locally and, you know, with lots of love. So I think it's just that combination of both. 
What would your tips be to small businesses or brands looking to work with more influencers or like higher, um, like higher influencers and celebrities? Um, I feel like there's so many ways you can go about it. I, I really believe in like starting out. I mean, I guess it's never too late, but with a strong sense of who you are, like, I think if you have, it's so easy to like, be like, Oh, shiny objects. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do this thing. But if you have like a really strong idea of like who your brand is, what it looks like, who you're serving and why it's unique and what you really stand for, I think that will show itself in your Instagram, in your, on your website, in the images that you take all of it. And that attracts like-minded people. It attracts other influencers People that would be like, if I, and I always say this, like it's worth investing in good photography. It's worth investing because when somebody looks at your brand and they might pick out your romper and go, well, this is cute. And then they go to your Instagram and it's not reflective of that. Then they're not necessarily want to tag that, right? They don't want to be, they want to be aligned with that. If your feed isn't diverse and inclusive and all of those things, like, why would you expect people to then want to be included in that? You know? So I think it's about aligning yourself, your values, your brand with what, where do you want to be? Who do you, who do you want to wear your item or whatever product you have? And then lining that all up so that it's easy. I feel like that's such good advice. We always kind of like to play both sides. So on the flip side, what would your advice be to influencers looking to reach out to those brands because I'm sure you guys get a lot. So what's that process like for your team? What do you guys look for in influencers? That's, you know, it's, it's tough because I think every brand and what they look for is a little different. But for me, I think it's like authenticity and a real connection to the brand. And I think um, that happens sometimes where I'll see an influencer wearing because they bought it, you know, and I'll see it and then I'll see it again. And then I'm like, gosh, this person really does love the brand. And then that would make me want to work with that person because there's a real legitimate connection. And I do think like why Smash and Test has sort of gained the traction it has is because of that organic relationship and support with influencers and the brand. I think at the first and foremost, we really like each other and like we care about each other and we're interested in the same things and we're proud to have relationships. And if that's how, you know, with our girl, Sarah, it's the same thing. It was like, I always just adored her as a person. And isn't it wonderful that we're able to work together and collaborate and all of those things. So I think finding that if you're an influencer, it's like, it's, you could just, you know, send a day on Instagram DMing brands, but if you really connect to the brand, it's evident to the brand. And on top of it, you know, it's also how you approach, I mean, want to collaborate. It's not like the best, you know, approach. It's like, and delete. I love Uh, those ones so much. I know. Those good. Yeah. I feel like we talked about this on our episode with Brioni. You guys, is that how I said her name? Brioni, like peony. (laughs) Brioni. I'll link it for our (laughs) listeners so you guys can listen to it. But like she talked about how she started working with Nike was she bought their products before and then just shot them for free on her own money. And then it, it landed her the, the spot of working with them. So I feel like that's really good advice. hundred percent. And like my girl, Erin, um, I think her handle is big girl YYC. Um, I swear I sponsor her living room dances because she would just put on rompers and dance and nothing made me happier than watch. I would literally watch her videos on Instagram and I was just like, you're pure joy. Like she just, pure joy when she dances like she's in the moment she's in her romper she's loving it and I'm just like I had to reach out and be like can I just get 
you want another romper? Like, can you just keep dancing? Cause you make everyone yeah. so happy. And I think like, that's the truth is like, it's just that, like, if you actually connect to the brand and you care about it, it's like, I, you know, we'll support you all day long. And I think it goes both ways. Totally agree. Um, okay. So I want you to take us behind the scenes of smash and test. Like what is some stuff that people don't get to see? I mean, you guys are very connected with your community, so I'm sure there's not a lot, but like what's something we might be surprised to know? Uh, lots of choreographed dancing. I don't know. <laughs> Mercedes listening. She's like, oh my God. I love that. I'm like, high kick, high kick. Mercedes and I love, we, we, we met each other in dance. So like, we're always just dancing. Um, but no, I think people would see a lot of, um, we have so much fun, but we stress out a lot. Um, and I think people would be surprised. Like we have a blast and we celebrate big wins together and we celebrate losses together. And we, you know, I think we're really connected despite being in right now, um, distance, but I think like we really do care and I think it's easy. It's interesting because I, I don't see it that way, but I think people start to look at smash and test. Like we're getting to be this bigger brand and maybe we don't, we're not listening or we're not, but we're, I read every single DM. I'm on every comment. I'm like on with my team. Like, did you get this comment? Maybe we should try that. Or like, did you, that was a really good point that that person made and how do we make that better? And we spend so much time like a lot of time huddling up and being like, how do we be better? Like, how do we do, how do we make this smoother? And what do we, how do we offer something that's even more inclusive? And how do we like, and this is constantly the conversations that we're having. So I think as much fun as we have, and I think people anticipate that we also have a lot of stress in our day to day. I think any business does. So I love that. I love asking that question because I love getting the behind the scenes that like makes us all realize we're not alone in those things. Yeah. It's not this glamorous, like, you know, we're not all just like, <laughs> I know I feel like people think fashion and meanwhile, it's like the reality is like photo shoots and you're like sweating and you're <laughs> like, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stressful. Yeah. Um, okay. So you guys, I feel like have really led this romper or onesie movement. Um, you guys really were the pioneers in the industry and that category. So what has it been like to see these now being so commercial kind of like brands piggybacking off of this? I feel like I'm not putting words in your mouth. Um, so like what, what's it been like for you and what would your advice be to someone who maybe sees someone else like running with their creative ways? Yeah. I mean, I always, um, I've been really enjoying the last like six or seven months, maybe COVID slowed me down a bit. And I've been able to really chat with, um, entrepreneurs that are trying to get their brands up and running and, um, and make some time for that and enjoy it. Like, cause I learned so much too, from that experience. And I think, um, it's easy and I watch it all the time. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to create this brand. Oh, but I want to do that thing. And I want to do that thing. And I want to do that too. And there's like the shiny objects of like, Oh, but I'm, why aren't I doing that? And that brand's doing really well. I'm going to do what they're doing. Um, and I see it all the time, you know, and it's like, I think, um, I, and I'm guilty of it. I'll watch things and be like, I could do that. Like, why, why not do that? Um, look, I could, I could make a scrunchie out of romper material in a heartbeat. But when I look at, for example, um, Emily from shop Chelsea King. And I think she's so great at what she does. She's so talented. She has this remarkable brand. She really pioneered that too. Like she really was making cool scrunchies like, and, um, why not work together? Um, and, and so that's what we do. So I try to find those opportunities to really respect people's creativity and originality. 
Um, that to me is like the backbone of being an entrepreneur and what that means is that creative thought and idea. So of course it's hard. Um, sometimes when I see, you know, a copycat brand or things like that, it feels like someone, you know, swiftly kicked me in the stomach for sure. Um, it's like, Oh, usually it's like, I, like I, it's a physical feeling because when you put so much into something, and you took so many risks to get there. It's a, it's a hard thing to then sort of watch, you know, someone try to kind of piggyback off it. So that's normal and it's human and all of those things. Um, but I think it's also like recognizing that there is space for everybody and um, meaning and, and knowing that just because somebody loves something doesn't mean they're not going to love your, your brand too. Um, and I think, you know, going up against that sort of human part of you that wants to be like, react, you know, viscerally to these things and be like, well, keep focused, you know, like, and that's my thing is like, keep focused on what we set out to do. And that's all that matters. Put in a sense, you kind of have to put your blinders on and be like Mm -hmm. this, you know, that's great. This is what I'm doing. And I think that's what we're constantly doing at smash and test is how do we innovate? How do we create? How do we do something that's not really been done before? And to be honest, if, if women everywhere are rocking rompers, like, hell yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's great. I think it's so amazing that women can just throw something on so easy. And if it's not my brand, then look, I get it. You know, there's lots of other brands. Um, but I think, you know, it's like I said, like women, we deserve to have something easy and something that we all feel beautiful in. Um, and I think it's, it's obviously like hard work now than ever, you know, with media and everything and Instagram. And, and I think if we can feel really comfortable in what we're wearing, um, then I think it's a win. And so that's kind of what, what that, that's my self-talk. Like when I see this kind of stuff and I see, you know, all of these rompers and I see all of these brands, this is the kind of stuff I tell myself. And for the most part, it works. So you're so amazing. I love that. I'll never forget that um, when the Skinny Confidential was mentoring me, she kind of had this conversation with me, but she was like, you can't focus on it. Like give yourself five minutes or whatever you need, but like you're the creative person that came up with it. So move on and create something else that's going to leave them behind. Like, and that for me, it's like they, they can take your idea. Sure. But they can't take your creativity. That's going to bring more ideas. It's so true. It's so true. It's a momentary thing. It's like, you know, you can jump on it all you want, but you're right. It's that's what started the brand to begin with. So you've got to just keep channeling that. And if you get caught up in all that shit, then you, you lose sight of what you set out to do and then you can't be creative, you know? So, um, you really do. I I agree. You got to kind of put your blinders on and get at it. And I feel like consumers like that more too. Like as for me, like I would never go and shop a romper elsewhere. Like my loyalty is just with smash and test. So I feel like as long as you're confident in your business, it's just going to show and it'll convert into sales. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, and that's where, it becomes important to be more than a clothing brand. You know, it, that's the key right there is like, if you don't care about people, then why do you expect them to care about you? You know? And, and I think like for smash and test, we've always been community minded. I, I never, I mean, I was a teacher for 10 years. I was dedicated to like helping humans. That's what I wanted to do. So when I, when I started a clothing brand, the last thing I wanted to do was just be like, you know, whatever, screw my community. It was like, okay, now how do I use this and still help, but in a totally different way. And I think that's the stuff that sticks with, with customers is like, 
what are you, but what are you doing to give back? Like where, how are you putting your money where your mouth is? Like, what are you doing for good? And I think now more than ever, like consumers want to know what your ethics are. They want to know where you stand, you know? Um, and I think a lot of, um, customers also appreciate, like you said, the, the originality and they want to be a part of that and that creative mm-hmm. movement versus just, you know, whatever else comes down the line from H and M or wherever, you know? So, um, I do think that it's COVID in particular has sort of highlighted that. And, you know, I think all brands have sort of been like, okay, like what do I stand for? And figuring that out. Absolutely. What are your top three key takeaways that you've learned over the years growing Smash and Tess? Um, Well, my number one is always, always to feel uncomfortable. I think um, it's, I think it's totally normal to feel fear. Um, And I think that, and I've had to be better with that. I am a hugely anxious person. Like I'm a crazy anxious person. Like I'm, I'm up all night. I think I've slept an average of like three to four hours a night for the last week. Cause whenever my anxiety goes, I just like, I can't sleep. No wonder you need five cups of coffee. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So, um, I, but I realized also that it's, be, it's in those moments where I'm learning and it's, and, and when I stop feeling that discomfort and that sort of like, like achingly alive energy. Like then I know that like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not pushing myself enough. I'm not challenging myself enough and it's time to get uncomfortable again. So that, that, that's a big takeaway for me in business is learning. I didn't go, there's a reason I went into teaching other than to help people. And I love, I love learning and all of it. I liked the safety of it. I liked knowing that I went every day and I had a pension and I had, so living an entrepreneurial life is very frightening uh, in so many ways. Not only that, people also depend on you to like pay their bills and all of that stuff. And that, so I, I'm really learning how to live in that fear. And instead of letting it paralyze me to really like energize me. Um, so that's been a huge takeaway for me. Um, I will say before you go into your second one, yeah. I always say this quote and it, I'll never forget you told me it when I first met you like four years ago or however long it was, but you always said um, real growth comes from outside your comfort zone. And that has like been ingrained in me and I say it all the time now. So like that, I just want people to hear that because that came from you. Oh, it's that's, and I know, and I don't know, I'm sure I heard it from somebody else, but it's, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like, I, I, I a hundred percent believe in that. And I think like, you know, aside from what you believe in, I mean, I think we're here all to evolve and be fully realized, actualized human beings. And I think part of that is, is tough. It's learning, it's growing, it's stretching in ways you never thought that you could. Um, and so for me, I see this all as a huge challenge. Um, so that's a, that's a big take, takeaway. And I think community is everything. That's my second one is like, and I spoke to that a little bit, but like you can have a fashion brand, you can have any kind of brand, but it's, it's really about your place and what, what are you doing? What are you, what are you here for? Like, what do you, and for me, like as soon as COVID hit, for example, I realized like how I felt, which was disconnected and also powerless. Like I felt never more alone, but also at the same time, like I couldn't do anything. And so I was like, how do we bond everyone together? Let's have a friggin' huge sleep, sleepover PJ party. Let's make banana bread and margaritas. Let's bring Sarah on. Let's bring, you know, Carol Roswell. Let's bring all of them on and let's just party and raise money. And, and I think like, that's what people liked was that ability to connect with each other. And like, 
And so I think this has taught me a huge lesson. Like, I think I always knew it, but I think in the last like seven months, I've really learned about the importance of community. And also I will say this, um, when I was struggling with Stella in the hospital, I have never been more grateful for the community we created at Smash and Test. I'm going to try not to cry. So many women reached out to me, moms that were in NICU being like, you got this mama. This is this, here's a tip, bring a book, read this. Like people like had my back in ways that like, and they helped me these complete strangers in ways that like no one else could, you know, no one in my family could help me in that way. No one at the hospital, no one, these people that I, you know, took time out of their schedule to write me and I'll never forget it. And, and so for me, you can, you can kind of roll your eyes and go Instagram this, or, but it's real. Like that community mm-hmm. is real. Um, so I, I've learned that lesson. And then the third was, and we've already talked about it was just to stay hyper-focused, you know, like I always say this, I am not smarter than anybody else. I honestly don't think that there's something magical about me starting a business and somehow I'm like, better or smarter. It's honestly not the case. In fact, I'm probably less smart than most of you. (laughs) I think what it is, is sheer tenacity. Like I am so freaking, it's like, if you want to talk about it, it's like, you want to be on my podcast? Yes, I do. When are we doing it? Are we going to do it? I'll get back. Like, that's how I am because I know that honestly, um, to be complacent or to, to just, I never put anything off, you know, like, even though like I might be so busy that I can't even see straight. I'll still email back when I can. I'll still get, get it done. You know, like I, and I think if my team needs approvals, I get it done. If I like, whatever it takes, I'll, I'll, if I'm up till midnight, I'll do it. And I think that's the only difference is just being tenacious as hell. Like that's really um, what it's taught me. And, and so I guess those would be my main takeaways. Yeah. I love that so much. We're going to shift here. I want to talk about, cause you been talking about Stella and that and I just think it's so beautiful that this community has supported you because like that all started from a romper and a business and like now you have this amazing incredible community and that's how I feel about this podcast too is like if we hadn't like jumped on mics we wouldn't have this community of our friendships um so how has that been for you can you kind of tell us like um the story of Stella because I know that she was born I think two months premature but I don't want to get it messed up so I'll let you tell it yeah. So I, um, I, I love being pregnant, but my body doesn't so much love being pregnant. Um, I had a pretty rough go with Frankie, but it was fine. In the end, she came on time, um, with Stella. Um, I started to, my body started to kind of shut down. My pancreas shut down entirely. So it's totally insulin dependent and had gestational diabetes. Like you've never seen before. I like literally shut my pancreas shut down. And then, um, I started to have itchy hands and feet. And apparently I, I created, I, I got this disease like cholestasis. I think I said that right of the liver and my liver was creating bile, which in turn became super dangerous for Stella. And so my body, I think what was happening in hindsight is it was like, everything was going to start to kind of shut down. And Stella was like, I'm out. Like, that's kind of what happened. I <laughs> think she's just like, I'm done here. <laughs> yeah. It's getting hard in here. Like I'm going to have to come. And, um, I was so in denial, like going into, I'm like, I think I'm in labor. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then finally, like, I think it was a Friday morning and I was like, Mike, I, like, I'm, 
I'm like 99% sure I'm, <laughs> I'm in labor. So, and then I, our hospital, we're flying down the 405, which if you know LA, the joke is it takes four or five hours to get anywhere. It's like the worst hospital ever or, or highway ever. And I'm like, I'm in labor. I'm in labor. Anyway, long story short, she came, they tried everything to get her not to come. She came early and, um, I never understood I really didn't what it meant to have a premature child. I honestly had no idea. I thought big, you know, it's not a big deal. They come early and then they're fine. Eventually. I didn't understand what it would mean for her for, to give birth to her and then for her to be taken from me and like right away. And, and, and then I kept thinking she was going to come back. I didn't get like, no, she's like going to be in there. And then the whole time I thought she was going to be in there like a day or two. And I didn't understand like she was going to be in there for a month. And then, and then I didn't understand why, like I went from mothering my own baby for Frankie to doing what I wanted to do to all of a sudden being like, oh no, you can't pick her up. Oh, you can't do skin to skin. And all of these were for very, very good reasons, but it was so hard as a mom who instinctively wanted to do these things for my baby to not be able to do any of that. And it, like I said, it was in the, um, it was in the notes and the messages from NICU moms. Um, that's a, like, I, like I never knew what a NICU mom was, but that's a thing. Like mom, NICU moms have NICU moms backs. Like they know um, seeing your little baby hooked up to tubes and all of that and wondering if they're going to stop breathing. And then they do stop breathing multiple times a day. And it's like your heart is just, and then the, the relationships you form with the people that are caring for your babies. Like I still love nurse Shelly. If you're listening, I love you. Like the, the people that take care of your babies, like when you can't, and then leaving the hospital every day and sobbing, you know, like literally, cause as a mom, you're like, your, your limb is there and you can't, you know, like, and, and this is the stuff that you just can't, like, I could never, I never thought about, it. I couldn't imagine. And I still, like I said, when they told me they were, that she was early and they'd have, she'd have to go to the NICU. I was like, okay. You know, like I, I just didn't think about it. So, um, we're about to do something for giving Tuesday and, um, I'm about to like give back, um, as much as I can to BC women's hospital and the NICUs there because, um, I received a really beautiful little package on independence day. Stella was born, um, a couple of days after that. I was in the hospital in labor with her on independence day. Um, and I got this little package in and it said like, we know that this isn't the way that you thought it was going to be, but you're going to, you're going to have brighter head, um, days ahead. And all it was, was like a stress ball and some tissue and a mask cause it was COVID. And, and I just remember thinking like, that was just such a nice token. Like I, I literally was like, <laughs> I mean, I was hormonal. I was crying over everything. <laughs> Uh, but you know, like that made me really want to get back. So we're, you'll see, but we're about to launch like a whole initiative, um, with BC women's hospital and giving back to the NICUs in BC and, and hoping we can, you know, help mamas that are probably at one of the biggest lows of their life. Mm-hmm. I like, I can't even fathom. I'm obviously like not a mom, but I can't even imagine like how it feels to give birth and like see that child, but then like a premature baby, like. Yeah, it's yeah. And then uh, and then the whole time you're just like, I'm gratitude, 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 because you're just like, I, I've seen sick babies every day, you know, every day I'm there all day. And all I'm seeing is sick babies. And I'm just thinking like, Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Like my baby is just needs to grow, you know, but um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really it challenges you in ways that you never really did think um, you'd be challenged. And it's all I mean, in hindsight, now I'm stronger. And I'm working through it. And that's the other side of it is just like the PTSD of all of that. And like working through all of that is um, hard, but honestly, smash and test has been like 
saving grace for me. I like launched back into business. I like, that was key. Like I had to. So how's Stella now? She's good. You know, she was the quietest baby in the NICU. The nurses would be like, oh, your baby's an angel. I'm like, oh, this is great news. And they're like, she's going to come home. She's going to sleep through the night. That was some bullshit because she is so loud and she cries all the time. And I'm like, what? What? Like, what happened (laughs) to that baby that I knew in the NICU? No, she's a little like, but you know what? It makes sense because she fought her way into this world. And I just think she's going to fire away through the rest of it. Like she's a fireball, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just falling so much in love with her every day. So such a blessing. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like someone listening somewhere will be helped right now or maybe in the future. So we appreciate you talking about that. Um, we need some advice or your words of wisdom for those working moms out there. Cause I know there's lots of them and they need all the tips. Oh my God. The working moms. Oh man. I always say you want to get something done, give it to a working mom. They will freaking get that done in like a second. Um, you know, working moms, I say like, just it's okay. It's okay. Like <laughs> that's all I can say with COVID. I'm like, it's just okay. You're doing fine. I feel like they're all going to feel that deeply though and be like, thank you. <laughs> it's okay. You're doing good. And you know what? Like, and I know this was a big talk of COVID. I just, I honestly believe that, and it's hard. I grew up with a working mom um, and she's still working and she um, wore all the shoulder pads in the 80s, all of it. She was like badass, like, you know, woman boss time where no one else was in finance. She was. And um, it was hard as a kid. I mean, it was. I sacrificed things. I didn't get picked up from school. You know, like my mom went away, maybe missed the thing here or there. But at the end of the day, I honestly believe we're teaching our kids, and in my case, my two girls, um, what it means to really, really care about something. And I think like that is an incredible lesson that we pass on. You can't, you can't just teach it. You have to live it, right? And I think for me, I lived that. I never thought there was something I couldn't do. You know, like I, I was taught, like, you want to do it? You do it. You make it happen. Like, this is what I was shown my whole life. So that's how I went through life. I just knew I could. If I tried really hard, I could do it. So I keep that in mind. And then, especially when you hear the like, mommy, why don't you play with me instead of working? And you're like, oh, the mom guilt. But then you're like, no, this is... And I think it's just like, it's okay to have a village. It's really okay. It's okay to pay people to help you. It's okay to ask people to help you. It's okay that you're not putting them down to bed every night. Cause guess what? Maybe daddy is, and he loves that. And they're forming a relationship. So it's, you know, you just, it's, that's why I say it's okay. It's okay. You're amazing. I honestly, I'm, I look up to you so much. Thank Aww. you for sharing all that. Um, we are going to switch it up here and dive into some listener questions. We had to remove some friendships. We just don't have enough time. So we'll have just... Ash back on. Cause I feel like yes. you're just, you bring so much value and there's still so much we want to chat about you with. <laughs> um, the first question is from Tasha, Tasha Rose XO. What can we expect for smash and test 2021? Spill the tea. <laughs> She's hesitating. Well, fun collabs. We announced our Hillary Duff one, so we're really excited about that. Um, and that'll be coming out I, early-ish in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't. Can say. you tell us how many pieces? Let's say it's under ten. 
Oh, that's a good number. Um, and it's fun and it's very, and I will say Hillary has been the most amazing collaborator. She's fan freaking tastic. Um, so it's been like literally a dream working with her. Um, so lots of fun collabs. Um, and I will say new prints. We're getting more like into custom prints and like switching it up a lot. Um, so yeah, really lots cool. Lots store. Um, Melissa Walford asks, how do you keep motivated when all your motivation is gone and you're burnt out? Yeah. Uh, it's tough. I felt, I, you know, I will honestly say I did feel that. I feel like it was maybe after Stella for a little bit. And, um, very rarely I feel that normally I'm like, it's Monday. Like I love Mondays. Um, but you know, when that happens, I find it's time to switch it up. Like if you're finding that you're burnt out and you're like, you got it, it's time to like turn on your heel a bit and be like, okay, remembering what got you into this to begin with and finding some new creative outlet, like whatever that might be for me, if it's like, Oh, what are like different ways I can imagine like a romper? Like what would that, you know? And, and I get excited about that stuff. And so it's just finding that like fire again, like what is it that got you into this? And then, you know, a creative spin on that, something new, something that'll get you going again, something that you haven't done before, you know? And I think it's easy to get stuck in the grind. So at Sam Hamill asks, how long was your smash and test a side hustle before it became full-time? Oh, uh-huh. I mean, my mom literally like six months in was like, quit your job. I was like, no, I can't quit my job. She's like, quit it. Um, I was so scared. I was so scared. So I get all of you that are like, look, I get all of you that are like, I want to jump all in. Like, frick, kudos to you. I also get all of you that's like, "Ah, I'm uncomfortable. Like, I just want to like do both for a while. And that's totally fine too. And like, everyone's story is different. For me, I think it was... Um, almost a year and a half, two years. Uh, but I likely could have quit six months in. I could have. My mom was right. She was like, you need to quit. And I was like, no, I can't. And it, it did. Once I added Frankie into the mix, I was like, okay, no. <laughs> like it was like, I can't. Cause I wasn't just doing like a job. Like it was, a, it was like, it was like, I had a team nationally. I had like, I was, it was a full career that I loved very much. And then I had smash tests. I love very much. And then I had my new baby and I was like, okay, like this all can't happen. Like, so then the only thing that made sense was my corporate job. And I, and honestly, you know, you don't look back. It's a different feeling. There's a lot more fear. And I think, um, it's careful. You have to be careful not to like act out of that fear. Um, but you know, I think, um, that hustle, like, makes me so grateful because now I'm like, oh, every day I just do what I love every day. It's like the best. Um, Kaya, I'm going to say this last name wrong. I'm so sorry. Kaya Rigi888, best advice for creating your own personal style? I mean, I think like it's, it's not being afraid um, to like express yourself and try like new things. And I think like, um, people like, they're like, I can't, I hear that so much. Like, Oh, I can't wear that. Like, I, I swear to God, if I hear that one more time, I'm like, woman, you can wear it. Like I get that, um, all the time. Like, I'm not going to say who, but I got into it with like, um, a celebrity sister on Instagram. And she's like, no, I absolutely can't wear it. I'm like, no, you absolutely can. You need to try it. And they're like, no, I, I absolutely can't. And I'm like, 
I'm sending you one and you're going to try it. And mm-hmm. sure enough, she was like, I look great in this. And it's like, yes, you do. Um, I think we have these weird preconceptions about what we can and what we can't wear and why and all of that shit. And it's like, no, um, you look beautiful. As long as it's something you want to try, try it. And I mean, at the very least, I just Pinterest the hell out of things that I like. So that's my go-to. And then I'm like, I'm going to try that. You know, it gives me something to do in the morning. Why not? Wait, I'm going to spin off this question. Give us like your three favorite ways to style a smash and test romper. Well, the number one, everyone knows about me, obviously like a cool pair of sneaks and like a denim jacket. That's kind of my go-to. Um, I'll wear that. It's like sometimes when I do my try-ons, which I always do, I'm notorious for. I'm always just like, shit, like how do else do I style it? Because that's just how I like to style it. But I love that. I also love a combat boot with like a leather jacket. Um, and then I love, because when I do my speaking and stuff like that, when I used to, um, I love like a blazer and um, like some platform Oxfords. So versatile. Yeah. Okay, we've reached the last question. So at the Cozy Wall asked, do you and your mom always get along and how do you keep your relationship so healthy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my <Wow>. God. Oh. <laughs> Um, no, no, we don't. Do you guys always get along with your mom? Like, oh my God. Um, no, we definitely don't. Um, it's great that Mercedes is in the mix because she's the one who's like, okay, this is good. It's all good. Um, uh, but I think like, no, we don't always get along. I think we've had to come to a place and this goes for any partner where you understand each other you just understand each other. It's like, this is what you do. This is what I do. We appreciate each other. Like, let's do it. You know? And I think in the beginning, it can be a challenge because you're like, well, but I want to do that. And I want to do that. And it's like, eventually you get to a place where you get into a rhythm and you're like, okay, this is how we kind of tackle these things together as a team. And with my mom, honestly, I've gotten to this point in my life where I'm just like, I just call it how I see it. Like, it's just how it is. It's like, you're, you're being really annoying right now. And this is why. And then her and I just like, as a mother and daughter do, you know, we hash it out and we get over it. Like the end of the day, like, honestly, my mom is like, obviously like everything to me, like she's, you know, and she drives me insane, of course. And I'm, I know I drive her insane. Um, I know she's like, Oh my God, I created a monster. Like, I know that's how she thinks about me. (laughs) She's listening right now. Um, but at the end of the day, we love each other so much and, um, we believe so much in what we set out to do. So it just, that's what drives us and keeps us sane and keeps us working together. Okay. Let, I mean, I'm sure everybody already knows, but let everybody know where they can follow you, follow smash and test shop, smash and test all the good stuff. Yeah. Well, smashtest.com or .ca, depending on where you are. Um, our handle is smash test, um, not to be confused with smash teas cause that happens. Um, we're smash tests and, um, and thank God we got that official check mark cause that was happening all the time. People were tagging smash teas. Um, Interesting. I've never even heard of them. Oh boy. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, so we're smash tests. Um, and I'm a freeborn on Instagram too. I'm much less curated and less, um, put together than smash tests, but you know, come on along. And, um, usually I put on some stupid stories and usually like bug my husband on stories or I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this was such a valuable and like amazing episode I know you're gonna have helped so many people in business and mom life so thank you 
You guys, thanks for having me. I feel like so honored that you'd have me on. I know you, you're always with the latest and greatest and you just squeak dash on in. Are you kidding? No. I appreciate it so much. You're the latest and greatest. Oh no, I appreciate it so much. And I just love you guys. And thanks for having me. Friendships, thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you're tuning in for the first time and you're here as a Smash and Test follower, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you've already subscribed, other ways you can support us is leave us a review on the podcast app or follow us on Instagram at what day is it podcast. Screenshot this episode, send it to a friend, maybe someone struggling to find like a why in their business or struggling to get the ball rolling on their business and need some inspo. And I feel like this episode is a really good one to share. So make sure you guys do that. And as we mentioned, we have a giveaway for you guys. So Ashley so generously is giving away a smash and test romper and we are going to give away one of our Zodiac crews. So to enter, all you have to do is make sure you are following what days a podcast smash tests and a freeborn. We'll link it all on stories for you guys. So it's easy to click and find. And then just go on to our last post with Ashley's episode. It'll have a picture of Ashley and tell us your favorite part about the episode and you will be entered to win. And honestly, in quarantine in the winter, a smash and test romper and a what days at crew can't go wrong. You guys, I wear my smash and test romper all the freaking time, but it's especially the best when you are deciding to self tan. So if you want to get your hands on one of these, one of the best investments I've ever made so comfy. Jordan loves it on me. I'm going to like really calm myself. You're going to say Jordan loves it. Like he tried no. to. <laughs> he likes it because he says it like when he grabs my butt, it feels nice. So I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, guys. All right. And that's where we're going to leave it. Friends go enter the giveaway. Thank you for listening. We will see you next. What day is it? Wednesday. Wednesday.